can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Hannah, I know you've just come back from Thailand recently, so you probably don't really have many empties. I just seen you pull a few out of your bag, <laughs> so I think we've probably got enough to go through. I thought I'd bring in mine today yeah, because I still had them there ready to recycle because mm-hmm. when I'm recycling beauty products, I like to drop them into like a price line or somewhere with a TerraCycle box. Mm-hmm. So I usually hang on to them for a bit, which is handy because then I can post them on my Instagram mm-hmm. and today I've brought them in. And you've brought yours. So let's yep. go through them as a little intro <laughs> today. What have you got? You've got Olflex number nine over there. Yeah, it's actually almost empty. I can't tell when it's going to be empty, yeah. but it feels- It'll be soon. It, it feels <laughs> empty to me. I keep doing it and I'm like, how much more? <laughs> the Olflex number nine, Bomb Protector, this was like- We've both done that as a product we've I know. Needed. I haven't used any other, pretty much I've maybe used one or two other hair products in the last three months. Like I've mm-hmm. used it really consistently. This is not empty because I got a new one. Yeah. But I did go through. This was my favourite moisturiser. In Thailand. Oh, I remember loved you saying it. That. Did you do that as yeah, a Yeah, I think so. Yeah. CeraVe moisturising lotion for dry to very dry skin. It is so good. So travel friendly. It's got a little lock. Little lock. Yeah. And it's kind of like a gel texture, but it's like super hydrating. It's honestly, I went through it so quickly. So I'm very happy to have a new one. Not expensive either. Maybe $16, Mm. something like that. Yeah, something like that. This actually is empty. This is the Viviology Ceramide Moisturizer, which I think you've done as a product. I've done as a product in Oni and mine is empty as well because my boyfriend's emptied it. so travel friendly because it's a 50 mil, so you can put it into your Mm carry-on luggage and put it on on the plane at the airport. I should have brought that as an empty as well. I've literally got one in the bathroom. (laughs) This is actually full because I've already thrown two away. Mm. It's the Laneige, I've spoken about it so much, the Lip Glowy Balm. I go through this so quickly and that was my other empty. And that Mm -hmm. was, I think, I mean, I had others, but those were sort of- Your main ones. The main ones. Mm -hmm. What about you? My empties. No. Kerastase. Truly empty. Truly, you look like you've left. really beaten those up to try to get the last drops out. I really have. <laughs> Amazing for fine hair, colour. Do you know hair. that you can stand them on their head? Yeah, oh, I did that. And they're just yeah, still. They're fully empty. Like okay. I, yeah, I yeah, could yeah. cut them open, there'd be nothing yeah. left. So I loved this shampoo and conditioner. I feel like the, sh- the conditioner could have been richer for me, mm-hmm. but I understand why it was a lighter texture because it's made for fine to medium hair. So it makes sense. Loved this shampoo and I've just started using their specific shampoo, which I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. It's got amino acid and centella extract in it. And I just loved it for my hair type. Didn't I weigh my tell. hair down, made mm. it feel really clean. Smells amazing. That was my two empties. Do you want to do a little sound? Do it again. No, <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I could. That was a hard one. Good try. That stumped me. Another of my empties. I've actually got three empties that are moisturizers here. So mm-hmm. you can tell what kind of person I am. This one is the Bioderma Sensor Biodefensive. I've spoken about this already as a product I didn't know I needed. Love, love, love this moisturizer. It is 
simple, it's effective, it's hydrating. I think it's about $32 mm-hmm. maybe. I could be wrong. But it's for sensitive skins, great for post-procedure, great for sensitive or sensitized or reactive skins. Absolutely love it. Already have another tube. The other one is Confidence in a Cream by Your It fave. Cosmetics, yeah. one of my faves. Let's just see how empty she really is. Yeah, I went through that one too. I actually Quickly. tried the new formula. They've reformulated this, okay. which always freaks me out, obviously, but it does feel really nice. I haven't actually used it on my face. I tried it on my hand yesterday. Mm-hmm. They've only just released it, so I'm looking forward to trying that. But I obviously love the classic Confidence in a Cream. Can't go wrong with it. Amazing mm-hmm. base for makeup for your normal to dry skins. So love that one. And then my last one was my ultimate. Phytostat. Let me guess. Phytostat 9 aspect. <laughs> She's well and truly empty as well. Let's open her up. Uh, yep. Yep. All fully gone. empty. I've spoken about this moisturizer enough. I don't know if I really need to say anything more about it. It's excellent. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Great. And I've emptied it and I've already got another one open. So there you go. There's our empties. current empties. What's on today's episode, Joe? On today's episode, we are talking about things that you wish someone hadn't seen. So, for example, a date has come into your house, you've accidentally maybe left the thrush cream on the bench. Um, So we're going to hear from our audience on that one. And then we're talking about chemical peels with Elise, who is a dermal clinician. So looking forward to getting the down low on that. And, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. So we had this post on our Facebook group that we wanted to address and Hannah's done a question box so that we could get your answers. The post says, okay, so I have a male friend visiting this weekend, first time coming to my place. Do I need to hide my LED face lamp and CeraVe foot cream? Both live on the bedside table. There's also a mountain of puzzles that will not fit under the bed. Thanks, Hannah. (laughs) Or do I just leave them out? And pray he doesn't ask questions because <laughs> having to explain how LED light therapy works because let's be honest, I don't even know. So from personal experience, I just want to say I've never had any complaints about whipping out the LED light, okay? Mm-hmm. No one's ever complained and my boyfriend now reaches for it at night and he wants to use it. So I love that for him. I don't think there's any issues with that, but Hannah, I'd love to hear what people replied to your prompt, which was... The product you wish that your, you know, sneaky link, your love interest, what do you wish they hadn't seen when they came to your house? What did you accidentally leave out? I'm thinking maybe there's some thrush cream in there. I don't know. I want to hear these answers. I think the first answer I've got here, I need to look up what this was. Do you know what anus hole is? Anus hole? No, but it sounds something to do do with anuses. Uh, It's spelt anus hole. Anusol. Anusol? <laughs> is it spelt like anus? It's spelt anus with an O-L on the end. Oh, oh, it's a hemorrhoid treatment. $8.99 at Chemist Warehouse, people. <laughs> Run, don't walk. Yeah. <laughs> Anusol ointment is a, he- yeah, it's a hemorrhoid ointment that soothes and eases the burning sensation. They could have come up with a better name, but anyway. Yeah, something a little bit more discreet. <laughs> Anusol, maybe think about changing your name. <laughs> I know. I have seen that before at Chemist Warehouse because it's in the same aisle as like the degas, I'm pretty sure. So I've seen it. And I do remember thinking, what a mm. weird name. Because imagine going up to the <laughs> counter with Anasol. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory though. Maybe they went for the discoverability angle. The way I read it is Anasol. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> really. Okay. So the next one, I actually can't deal with this one. I really can't. Okay. I was on a heavy period and changed my overnight maxi pad. I thought it would be nice to put 
toothpaste on his toothbrush for him before he came in. I tell him I left you a surprise when in reality I'd accidentally left my used maxi pad on the sink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) You have to break up and move on at this point. Sorry, that's the worst. I've left a surprise for you. It's so funny. Okay, this one. Oh, we've got another cream. Pseudo cream. Guess what that's for, Joe? Pseudo cream they use for nappy rash. She uses it for the occasional cracked bum crack. (laughs) Oh. That's an easy one to, you know, you could just say, Oh, I had a had my niece come over and change her nappy or something. You are right. It is a nappy rash cream. So I guess that can also be used on your bum crack. Yeah. Oh, no. Pregnancy test. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh-oh. Well, that's one way to get rid of your sneaky link. <laughs> okay. I get this one because I have this too. Fungal nail medication. Like you've got the fung. Yeah, oh, yeah. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Oh, my God. I love this one. I'm not. Can you beep out the brand? <laughs> Retinol because he doesn't like cheap skincare. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who's this man? How embarrassing. (laughs) I hope you guys ended up. He thinks you're like such a basic bitch and he's like, no, thank you. (laughs) Callus removal pads. Now he tells everyone I have bunions and corns. That's not very nice. Yeah, I don't know about him. (laughs) Yeah, so this girl actually sent me a photo. So she basically keeps a dishwasher. Oh. like a You know those dishwashing hand? What do you call them? It's like a little green thing that you wash your dishes with in the sink. What do you call that? Oh, like a scourer. The liquid goes in it though. Yeah, I'd say that's a scourer. Is that what it's called? Dish brush. She calls it the dishwasher handle thing. Uh, that's what I would call it too. She keeps it in her shower to wash the tiles. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a great hack. Vinegar and dishwashing detergent. That's what she said. Yeah, yes. that's a great yep. cleaning hack, everybody. By the way, I do that myself. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got another period one. My diva oh. cup before it was cleaned. Oh. oh. <laughs> Thrush creams come up a lot, obviously. This is a good one. She says, no shame here. My husband and I both use FemFresh as our body wash. Oh, <laughs> I have been fresh when I obviously in Thailand and I was trying to do the same thing. I was like, no, it's really good body wash. <laughs> and the Canadian was like, I'm not using something called FemFresh. <laughs> and I was like, no, use it as body wash. It's really good. Did you tell him it's not going to give him a vagina? No, it's I just know. It's a pH balance wash. <laughs> I think the name just like puts you off. Even though it is a really good body wash, guys, it really is. I'm their biggest supporter, obviously. <laughs> oh, God, just sponsor Hannah already. <laughs> oh, my God. When I didn't get that PR pack from FemFresh, I was so devastated. Oh, that was absolutely outrageous. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think anyone has given them more support than you. More support. Mm. Oh, I didn't even know. Cream for my dry badge. Oh. What is the cream for the dry badge? That must be one of those. One of the Caniston creams. There is a cooling cream, I think. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is hemorrhoid cream. So I love that someone calls it hemi cream. That's, That's a new one. <laughs> hemi cream. My hemi cream. <laughs> 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 so cute. Sounds so cute. That's so good. Oh, tube of caniston. I had ringworm. Oh. That's okay. Yeah. Caniston. Mm. Are there different types of caniston, not just for your vagina? 
I mean, maybe it is antifungal. Yes. So I don't know. Actually makes sense. Maybe that is used for worms as well. I'm not sure. By the way, ringworm, I don't believe ringworm is actually caused by worms. Oh, I've got no idea. It's just a rat. I don't know and I've never had ringworm myself. (laughs) I've never had it either, but ringworm is a contagious fungal infection caused by common mold-like parasites that live on the cells in the outer layer of the skin. Oh, there you go. That's why she had caniston. Nothing to do with worms. Oh, no. There's so many of these. My used tampon in the shower. Whoops. What? (laughs) Take tampons out in the shower. I guess so. And just left it there by mistake. Uh, Okay. Oh, not a product, but my retainer in the sheets the next morning because I spit it out during the night. And we'll just finish off with this one because I totally understand this one. Not that I've ever had this lying around, but wart off. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's not one you would want them to see. So thank you, everyone, for sending those in. We love you all. My favourite was probably the Hemi cream. Yeah. I just love that no one in this world, and I've learnt this from TikTok, no one's ever had a unique experience. Anything that has happened to you has probably happened to someone else. It's really not that bad. Yes, that's very true. And once we share these things, then we know, and it's not as embarrassing. The things that you're embarrassed about is just everyone is exactly the same. Yeah. You're no different from everyone else. We've all done the same Uh things. We've all had diarrhea. Like, (laughs) you know, we're all human, having a human experience. So today we're chatting about chemical peels with Elise. She is the Director and Dermal Clinician at Lily Skin Co. in Canberra. I don't think we have many experts join us from Canberra, so that's quite a feat. It's a new business for you, Elise. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today to chat chemical peels. Now, we're both dermal therapists, so I'm asking you this question just so you can share the answer with the audience. What are chemical peels meant to do? You know, chemical peels, I think, have a bit of a scary name, and I think they get a bit of a rap for being something that's a little bit... You think Samantha Sex in the City... Yeah, like your whole face is going to fall off, feeling like a lizard. (laughs) But they're very safe cosmetic procedures and you can get peels of very different intensities and different depths and different peels that do different things for the skin. So generally when we look at chemical peels, they're designed to exfoliate the upper layers of the skin. And that encourages new skin cell production, stimulates your collagen and your elastin for extra anti-aging benefit and just really provides overall skin rejuve. So Depending on what kind of peel you use will depend on what kind of outcome you get. So some are more for your superficial impurities like blackheads and pigmentation, fine lines and skin texture. And others work a little bit more on the hydrating side, which I think is a bit of a misconception or a myth with peels. I think people think peels are only for really thick congested or leather handbag type skin, but you can use them on pretty much all skin types. You just have to have the right kind of acid. That's almost a peel for everyone. What are the different types of chemical peels and which skin concerns do each of those treat? I mean, this is a pretty big umbrella of a question, so I'm going to try and condense it as much as I can. (laughs) But there's probably three main groups of acids that we work with. So the first we've got are alpha hydroxy acids, which are probably the most commonly known acids in the skincare world. And these are things like lactic acid, glycolic acid, mandelic acid. And the unique things about these is that they're all water soluble. So they work primarily on exfoliating the glue that holds your dead skin cells together so that they can't stay where they are and they come off. So things like lactic acid, it's a bit of a bigger, it's a larger molecule. So it's slightly less refining, a little bit better for more sensitive skins or skins that need more hydration. 
Then we've got things like glycolic, which is a really tiny, small molecule, and that's better for a little bit more exfoliation and a little bit more skin reduce. So looking at things like pigmentation, fine lines, more texture. Then we've got our next group of peels that contain salicylic acid, and these are things like jesna peels. And they're really good for your acne-prone or oily skins where we might have a few more blockages that need to be cleaned out. And then the last group we have are things like TCA or phenyl peels, and they're all kind of sit into the half of the medical area. We often need prescriptions for these kind of peels. And they're for more, you know, severe signs of aging, deep lines and wrinkles, significant pigmentation. So it's definitely not a lunchtime peel or a peel you do if you want little downtime. So on that kind of medical note, there is a scope of practice when it comes to peels. So who's allowed to perform certain chemical peels? Because there does become a line in the sand there where some dermal clinicians can't then do more advanced peels. This is a little bit of a grey area because we work in a somewhat unregulated industry when it comes to beauty therapy and skin Mm. treatments and things like that. So where there's prescription peels, that's obviously with a doctor. So if you're having a lot of TCA and phenol peels and things like that will be administered by a doctor or a nurse. But if we break it down, there's different levels of peels. So when we look at how deep they're exfoliating into the skin. So very superficial peels that just work on the upper layers of your epidermis. That's more for your beauty therapists and your skin therapists. And they have pretty minimal downtime. Your risk of, you know, any adverse reactions is pretty low. Then superficial peels are generally performed by the dermal therapist. And, you know, you might have slightly higher percentages or slightly different acids that you're using where they do a bit more exfoliation and it's a little bit riskier. And then medium to deep depth, which goes right down to the lower layers of your epidermal tissue. That's usually for a doctor. What is the recommended pre and post care if you're booked in to get a chemical peel? Pre care is really important when it comes to peels, particularly if you're doing something that's a little bit on the stronger side, because you want to know that your skin can tolerate a little bit of exfoliating acids at home kind of on a daily basis Mm. before you get to doing it in clinic. So at home, we normally recommend prepping with maybe an exfoliating cleanser that contains some lactic acid, a glycolic acid, maybe a leave-on serum. It depends on what's working in your skincare routine. And obviously avoiding things like sun exposure and wearing SPF, they're the main things. Sometimes for darker skin types, we like people to use some tyrosinase inhibitors just to prevent any kind of adverse reaction post-peel. But generally, it's a good tolerance of exfoliating acids before treatment. After treatment, the skin needs a bit of extra love. So for the first two to three days, depending on how intense the peel has been, your skin's going to be a little bit pink and it can often feel quite tight, kind of like your face is being held back with a peg, (laughs) which is not the nicest feeling. (laughs) And during this stage, we don't need to ask the skin to make any changes. We don't need to hit it hard with our active ingredients. We just need to give it love and support, so extra hydration, you know, avoiding your cosmeceuticals or your actives and avoiding getting hot and sweaty, those kind of things. How long would you avoid the actives for? Depending on the person and the type of peel used, definitely anywhere from 24 Mm. to 72 hours. I think as long as you've got the redness in your skin or if you've got signs of peeling and flaking, I would say avoid your, you know, any kind of strong actives. So usually by day seven, most of the peeling, if you were going to get any peeling, tends to subside. And that's when your skin starts to feel a little bit more back to normal and it's got a bit more brightness to it. So that's when you can start introducing some of those things. 
It always amazes me how many people DM me asking what to put on their faces after dermal therapies. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> I'm like, your therapist should be telling you that. And you can always call your clinic as well to ask, yes. you know, what should I be using if you're not sure or you've forgotten from your appointment? Like that's part of the whole experience is that they tell you what you should be doing. And I think the general rule is less is more. So stick with the most bland things. And if it tingles, take it off. Absolutely. Mm. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions about chemical peels is that they all make your skin actually peel off. And there's only a few peels that actually do do that. So is it bad if someone doesn't have any visible peeling after their peel? Should they be seeing that? This is probably the question that I get asked the most. It's one, am I going to peel? Or two, why didn't I peel? And it's such a big myth when it comes to chemical peels. And usually the ones that want to peel, they're the ones that'll sit in the mirror with their tweezers, like picking off the dead skin. Oh no. Which is not what we want, by the way. So I think a lot of people think that you have to actually physically shed after a peel for it to be successful. And it's not really the case. Often people who shed post-peel will be the people who have either a bit more of a dead skin cell buildup or the people who haven't prepped at home with active ingredients. Or it's, you know, if you do peel, it's because of the specific peel that you've used that's designed for that kind of thing. So most peels, I would say you shouldn't actually get too much shedding unless you're doing something like Cosmolan where your whole face really does come off if you're doing like a yeah you're doing a lactic peel glycolic peel you might get a bit of crumbling and flaking here and there but it's usually not going to be too bad if you've prepped the skin well depending on the type of peel that we've used the intensity how long we leave it on the skin for all of those things will kind of determine and the condition of the skin how much you might actually physically exfoliate afterwards are there any risks associated with having a chemical peel i mean with any procedure comes a certain amount of risk but generally if you're going to a dermal therapist clinic and things like that there's very low risk when it comes to peels if you're well prepped and if you know how to look after your skin afterwards so Providing you're having a peel with a trained professional who's working within their scope of practice, there's really little risk. And as long as you're a good candidate for the peel too, there's some people that peels are better suited to and some people that they're not. So if you have really, you know, sensitive, sensitized, sometimes rosacea, prone skins, they're probably people that would be better off to other dermal therapy treatments. You know, when it comes to risk, infection post-treatment is maybe the only thing if people are sitting there picking at their skin and taking off skin before it's ready that's sometimes a problem but really it's quite a safe treatment provided it's performed well and you just got to follow the advice of your skin therapist and let them know if you have had you know sun exposure beforehand or if you have been waxing and things like that that might affect the overall outcome of the treatment if something does go wrong what should you do? Like if you suspect this shouldn't be feeling like this what do you recommend calling the clinic? Always. Mm. The number one thing is to get back in touch with the practitioner who did your treatment because they know exactly what they've used and, you know, they know the history of your skin. So it's really important to get back in touch with your therapist and they can give you the right advice in terms of, you know, you might need to come back in clinic to have a quick review. You might need to use some different skincare. It could be a whole variety of different things. So yeah, always go back to the clinic. And in terms of selecting the right peel for you, do you always recommend someone seeks a consultation from a dermal therapist before they book something in? Always. The chemical peel world, there's so many different peel types and agents out there. And even from clinic to clinic, it'll vary. You know, you can get prescription type peels. You can get peels that are branded. So like Medicaid have their own range of peels. So to, you know, Aspect and Skin Better and all of those things. So it's not really a one size fits all thing. So I'd always have a consultation to determine which one's going to be best for you. 
Every time I go to James Vivian, they put a different peel on me. I'm like, what is this one? I've never had this. <laughs> Even in our clinic, I think we've got maybe like 15 different peel types and that's wow. just like that's the conservative <laughs> amount. So there's definitely a, a lot of options. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Elise. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and I'm sure we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me, guys. So Hannah, product you need So today. my product is the Aspect Fruit Enzyme Mask. And I know that I've had this product used on me before. Mm. At James Vivian's clinic, they usually use this as like the first step mm-hmm. before they do the treatment. And I could always like hear the dead skin all coming mm, off. And it was it. you could feel all the dead skin. And I was like, I remember I had like a buildup of like fake tan and especially Mm -hmm. like around my hairline, I was like, oh, this is no good. I need to like give it a proper exfoliation. It's a gel. And how does it, I I can't quite explain how it works. So it's an enzyme exfoliant. So there's enzymes obviously in that gel formula. And as you, you meant to put it on dry skin. So dry Mm -hmm. hands, dry skin, work it into your skin. And as you're doing that, the exfoliating action and the rubbing, it balls up dead skin plus the product so it's not just your dead skin yeah it's like a bit of both yeah and then you can obviously feel that grittiness on your face but there's no actual like scrub in that gel yeah see Mm. I probably thought there was something in there that was getting all that dead skin off but the other good thing I think about this is because it's a fruit enzyme exfoliant sensitive skin can use it yeah it's gentler than using a scrub or a chemical exfoliant so it would be an amazing once a week I, ac- I actually remember someone had messaged, I can't remember when this happened, but someone had wanted to ask James Vivian about, I think they'd had a chemical peel before their like wedding or something yeah. and their skin was all peeling off. Oh. And I think he recommended this one because yeah. it's not too, it's gentle yeah, enough. It'll only take then, off the skin it needs to take off, which is the good yeah. thing about enzymes. But it's very satisfying. It's like so one of the satisfying. most satisfying A lot of people marks. use it wrong though and then they're like, it didn't work for me. Yeah, because they use it on wet skin yeah, instead of doing so it on dry it on skin. Yeah, on dry skin. Leave it for a minute. Yeah. Then start to work it in and really get in there and like fully rub it yeah. in and then you'll start to notice it starts to like slough off. So that's mine. What's yours right. today? Mine is a hair care product. Uh-huh. It is the Rain Cry Magnesium Volumizing Brush. You can probably see some of my hair in that from where you are, Hannah. I don't really know what a magnesium volumizing brush does, (laughs) but I decided (sighs) that I was going to start using a round brush when I dry my hair with my Dyson Mm -hmm. because my hair, if I don't dry it, just goes into an oil slick. Like I tried to do it the other day because it was a warm day and it just did not go well. Mm -hmm. It just stuck to my head. So Mm -hmm. for those of you who are like me and you just can't air dry your hair and you always have to blow dry it. I've been using this to get more like sleekness in my hair mm-hmm. so that I don't then have to style it so I can wear it straight. Because if I just rough dry it, then it goes a little bit frizzy. It just looks unhealthy on the ends. So I've been using this and I'll put it underneath my hair mm-hmm. and then bring the hairdryer down on top like a traditional blow wave, but I'm yeah. not fully wrapping it around. I'm just like using this as a guide. Yeah. And this helps to really smooth out my hair and the heat goes through it really quite evenly. So I end up being able to dry my hair in like, 10 minutes, which is quite quick for me. They're like the cult kind of product, aren't they? They're brown brushes. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, so I think their magnesium brush is like their bestseller or something. Oh, have you got one there as well? (laughs) I was going to do it. Mine's so hair. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. (laughs) These are really good round brushes. Yes. They're really good. So I think their brushes at Rain Cry are like their popular. It's their thing. Yeah, Yeah. 
So I'm loving this brush. Can recommend. Definitely helps me dry my Investment hair piece. Yeah. How that much one's are like they? 99, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but remember, anytime we speak to hairdressers, they say that your brushes are an investment yes. piece and you can wash them. Yep. You, they keep some hairdressers keep them for like 10 years. Hey, I had my hairbrush for 17 <laughs> years or something. Remember that? That's not what they're talking um, about. That's now <laughs> an investment piece for me that stays in So a that's $102. Door. Oh, okay. Mm. Yep. Similar, She's pricey. Similar to that one. But, but look, if you really need a good brush, you know, it's probably pretty good if it's $102. <laughs> so yeah, I really like that one. But I did have a couple of hair hacks to revisit. Mm-hmm. Remember how I was saying that I have a hack for reducing the oiliness in my hair the next day mm-hmm. after I've washed it? And we were like, we'll save it for another future episode. Yeah. Um, so that's now this time okay. because I'd forgotten about it. So what I do, we've already spoken about this product before, but what I do is when my hair is wet, mm-hmm. I've got now the shower, it's damp, I'm yet to dry it. I spray in the R&Co dry shampoo mist Mm -hmm. through my roots. Yeah. I dry that into my hair when I'm blow drying it. And then I put regular aerosol dry shampoo, the Kerastase one. I put that through my hair and then I'll like wear that all day, go to bed, wake up the next day, still got really fresh hair. If I didn't do that, I would wake up and the sides of my hair were already oily the next day. Oh, really? And I'm not used to that. Like I used to be, when I was on the pill, I was Mm. like a once to twice a week hair washer. My hair would look fresh for like three days. Is that why you've got it up today? Yeah. Yeah. It's oily as (laughs) But yeah, that's it. A, looks really nice it's like a that. Hack. Yeah, yeah, lucky. Lucky. You look good. <laughs> lucky I can get yeah. away with a slick pony. <laughs> I mean, um, it, with the headphones, like. <laughs> doesn't look quite right. Yeah. <laughs> looks better. Like, yeah, I like cool. it. I do have another hack for you, though, that I yeah. learned from the Kerastase team. Mm-hmm. And it's to have a little hand towel or dry face washer just hanging over the edge of your shower when you wash your hair. Mm-hmm. After you shampoo, before you put your conditioner in, do a little towel dry. Try and take as much moisture out of the hair as you can. Yeah. Then put your conditioner or your mask on. Yeah. Leave it on for as long as you want to or as long as it advises you to. Then wash it out. Okay. Because otherwise you're losing a lot of that product down the drain. It's not able to get into the hair properly. That's true. So leave a little hand towel just over the edge of your shower and grab it when you wash your hair. I don't have an edge of the shower. Mine's like a full screen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Can't help you have a really Come beautiful on, bathroom. I've just got a standard shower screen. No, it's like a screen. You can't. Where would you put the towel? Sorry? Like over the top. If you had a, like an older style, oh, okay. it'd be over the top, you know. Okay. But you've obviously got a So what about one. for the modern shower um, people? You can, I guess, just, I don't know, step out of the shower for a moment and yeah, grab it off the bathroom okay. bench. Yeah, that'll work too. Um, but yeah, like just a face washer or a hand towel and just run that through the ends of your hair and then put your mask yeah. and your conditioner through the ends of your hair. And they said, Kerastar said, you will get better results. Good. So Good that's tip. my little tip for you to finish off today's episode. Well, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.